your customer can see themselves in your piece of home health care equipment in a positive light where they see themselves at a high school basketball game. They see themselves going to the casino. They see themselves going to the bingo hall. They see themselves hanging out with family. They There is a much higher chance they're going to walk out from your store with your piece of equipment. And not only is that going to help your profit margin, they're going to be happy. Welcome to the DME Coach Podcast, where we are on the other side of the home healthcare apocalypse. What do you mean we are on the other side of the home healthcare apocalypse? Well, you either have lived through the last 10 years or you're just getting into it. And if you're just getting into it, I'm sorry to tell you, you just miss the apocalypse. I'm a huge fan of apocalyptic novels and TV shows. And I think one of the reasons why I like it in a, in a sense, as it relates to business, because sometimes people just get taken out. And literally, the, the goal is to survive. You want to meet payroll, you want to sell, you want to be able to provide for your family. And it can be done. I mean, and that's why those TV shows and movies abound is because people love to put themselves into a really good story, even a horror story sometimes. But the nice thing is, is our industry is going strong still. I hate to break it to you. People are going to live, people are living longer. They need our products. They need our supplies. And if you are good at what you do, you have lots of business and lots of customers to care for, which is what is amazing. So I'll start like every other week with our high and low. And this week, it's this, they are both one in the same but it'll make sense as I go into it. So one of the things I really enjoy is talking to vendors as they come into our store every single week and try to sell our widget. I, I, we are so large, I don't talk to a lot of them. Um, I'm able to move this responsibility onto our vice president and heads of departments. But occasionally I will talk to a vendor here and there. I swear on a typical week we have you know between five and 15 vendors coming into our store to buy their products. And that's actually going to be another episode of DME Coach. How do you handle vendors and what's the right way to handle vendors? Because literally you could waste your entire week every week talking to different vendors of all the different widgets that are on the market. But my high and low point this week is I was talking to one of our vendors and he mentioned to me and, you know, he said, you guys are like one of two independent large vendors left in the state of Washington. And it's like everyone else is has disappeared already, as we all know, or is disappearing. Uh, one of the other large, um, and not really a competitor of ours, they are in a adjacent city. But I just found out um, from our vendor of all places that they are on the verge of selling. And I think it's fun to talk to vendors because you can kind of find what is going on. You could you can find out. Uh, what is happening inside your state, how other businesses are doing. Uh, they're not supposed to tell you this, but you can frequently get information out of them. And they typically don't like it when other people, they typically don't like it when um, other independent companies go out of business because they lose someone to buy from and they lose the ability to, um, most are commissions to base. So when that happens, I have found they will want to tell you, hey, so-and-so is going out of business or this is what's happening to them. 
And, you know, they do that. Two, two things that can happen. One, when you do hear that, if they're in your city, the nice thing is, is you might be able to pick up some of their really good workers and you can reach out to them. Uh, number two is if the city is close enough to your store, that might be a really easy place for you to move either north, west, east, or south into and pick up their customers who, um, unless if the acquisition goes sour, maybe they just leave. Um, you can pick up customers for free and then you ride in on a blazing white horse and you get to be the hero. And two of the stores that uh, we have started essentially were started that way where the current uh, store just went out of business, left their customers um, high and dry, and we were able to ride in. So downside, my, my, my high this week is our company is still doing well and uh, rocking it. Downside is I hate to see a local competitor. I wouldn't even call it. I hate to see local stores go out of business or bought up by very large uh, companies who, you know, they need to make money for their investment groups. I'm very pro-profit, but at the same time, I think certain stores are better run from the ground level because you have a better idea of what your customers are doing. Um, I think of our city, I mean, and, and this is just a small smidgen, uh, there was, and I'm just going to list out some random names, American Home Patient, gone, Jones Scooters, gone, Keeler's Medical, bankrupt, Memorial Hospital's Medical Supply, gone. Valley Medical, gone. Pacific Pulmonary, gone. Uh, Kittitas Hospital, DME, gone. National Seating, and National Seating and Mobility, they quit last week in our city. So it's one of those things. There are There is a car wreck behind us. And what we can do is never celebrate when a company closes. I, you know, it's, we might be competitors that they might not even do business ethically. I never celebrate a business closing because typically um, it, it is a place for customers to get and be served. A company goes out of business, someone loses their job, but at the same time, it is an opportunity and we need to be very aware. So always be aware of all of your competitors, shop them at least once a year. I shop all of my competitors twice a year. I will uh, teach you how to properly shop a competitor in a future episode. Uh, just be very aware. So that's my high and low for that is my high and low for the week. And today's episode of DME Coach is all about how do you tell your story? How do you tell your story to engage customers? For the last five years, my wife and I and our four kids have dreamed about traveling to Europe. We have always wanted to say before our kids go off to college, we want them to be able to experience Europe at least once. And it was amazing. We went to London, for London, England first. Then we flew across the English Channel to Paris, France. Then we had the opportunity to fly down to Spain, drive around Spain, fly then over to Milan, Italy, and train all the way down to Rome. It was an amazing trip. I We, we saw great old churches. I was able to successfully protect a lady from getting pickpocket at the Eiffel Tower in Paris. Uh, looking back on it was hilarious, but after getting spit in my face and kicked by some pickpocketer, that wasn't very fun. My kids were kind of freaked out, but um, it, when you travel and travel internationally, it is always exciting. So where I'm going with this episode is what can we learn from durable medical equipment and home health care in Europe? 
I drove my family nuts. So here we are. When when you travel internationally or you travel cheap like we do, you walk everywhere. You take public transit. So you get to walk by all these stores. And I walked by a lot of home health care stores. I would stop on the side of the streets in London and look at people's walkers. I would, my kids were like, Dad, stop it as I'm peering in and taking pictures at prosthetic stores in Seville, Spain. I was fascinated with our industry on a different continent. See, their way of insurance and cash and what is covered is completely different than ours. Some for the better, some for the worst. I'm not going to say, hey, we need to do it just like them or vice versa. What I can tell you is we need to learn from different cultures on how they do business. And today's episode of DME Coach is all about how do we tell our story from experiences that we can learn first. Europe's old. We all know Europe's old. That's why you kind of go to Europe is to see old stuff. I would hate to be someone who had mobility challenges on the sidewalks in Europe. It's one of those things we props to the American Disability Association for all the work that they have done in the United States, we still have a lot more work to do. Everything from even curb cutouts to wider sidewalks. You go to Europe, it is almost impossible to get around without mobility equipment and dodging cabs and this and that. It, I would I would just hate to be a full-time wheelchair user on their sidewalks. But the good news is their DME is a whole lot nicer that is used on a day-to-day basis. In our store, a few episodes ago, I went over the good, better, best. You know, we have the good run-of-the-mill walker that costs us $23 or whatever you happen to pay for it that we that Medicare reimburses us at $43, bucks, 40 to $45. And then you have the better walker, which is your run-of-the-mill 6-inch, 8-inch wheel roll-litter, which is nice, but I'd hate to use it all day long. And then we have the European-style walkers, and we call them European-style because, hey, they are used all the time in Europe, and they work wonderful. Now, you're probably telling me, Eric, I'm from Topeka, Kansas, or Eric, or Eric, I'm in Miami, Florida. Why are you talking about what's done in you? One of the best ways to sell our product and even take care of our customers is if you can take your customer at the point of contact with them and transport them and to see them into your piece of equipment that you're selling. So let's say they walk into your medical supply store. I can tell them the story of what it was like. It, don't don't go into a five-minute story on durable medical equipment in Europe, but in 10 to 20 seconds, talk about how horrible the sidewalks were in... I would talk about how horrible the sidewalks were in Europe, but because people there have really nice walkers with 8-inch wheels, 10-inch wheels, they get along just fine. I saw little old ladies and men in their 80s and 90s going down to the farmer's market, bartering, buying cheese in Paris and bread, putting it in their walkers and heading back up with the independence that I can't wait to have when I'm 92 years old. It was very life-giving. So what we can do is the proper way to sell is to try to get the story that you want to tell to your customer and imagine what that looks like. You can get by with little old rickety aluminum walker, but if you're finding out that, hey, patient, my customer has a patient of falls. Hey, do you ever watch your grandkids? Oh yeah, I saw my grandkid at his basketball game last Friday. 
Great. Well, I might recommend the European style walker because it's going to allow you to get there. And not only get there, it's going to allow you to bring the candies and put that and put your purse under the seat so it's protected so you can go watch your grandchild. So one of the things that we can do is look and get to know your customer so that you can teach them and put your piece of equipment into their story. Because once that they can envision themselves in your 300 400 $500 walker and what it's going to do for their independent mobility, it is life-giving. So when I was in Spain, it these walkers allowed them to go down to the farmer's market and give them their mobility and the horrible cur curb cutouts that they had. They did, they, they did have a few nice curb cutouts. They did not have a lot of others. It allowed everyone to get out and about and keep their mobility. So if you can do that, you're going to win. The next example that is at the top of my mind is Seville, Spain, or as they say in Spain, Sevilla. I was shocked at the number of postural supports that they had there. Um, I'm a certified orthotic fitter, but it's just like one fitting store after another fitting store. And I can still see my kids saying, Dad, stop taking pictures. And I wanted to go look at all of them and look in the windows. I almost did a double take the first couple of times I went to these postural, these prosthetic stores, is they look like regular retail stores. And one of the things that we can do with our retail home health care stores is make them look like real stores. People don't want to walk into a doctor's office that looks like the old school doctor's office because it makes you feel like you're sick. Come into your retail store and say, hey, does this make me feel comfortable? Does this feel like home? Because if you can make someone's home look like home, they are much more likely to buy whatever widget you're trying to sell. One of the best things that we've done in our showroom, in our showrooms, is to make them look as little like a medical supply as possible. Now that's going to be impossible because yes, we do have a nice hospital bed and we have walkers. You can tell it's a medical supply. But the more homey things that you can do to make it look like a home or a retail setting where you'd want to buy something, the higher your sales are going to be. And so when I was in Spain looking at these prosthetic stores, you honestly felt like you were walking into any other clothing store. They use the exact same styles that you would that you would think if you walked by a Nordstrom's or a Macy's because then people are less likely to hate your store. And, and that, that sounds horrible. Well, I don't want them to hate my store. Well, a lot of times, no one likes to go into a medical supply store. Everyone's like, I, hey, I think I'm going to impulse buy a wheelchair this week. No, that doesn't happen. You go in because something hurts. Your back hurts. You need a back brace. You've fallen down and you this hurts, so you need a wheelchair. Or it's typically not an enjoyable experience to go into a medical supply store. So what you need to do is you need to make it as enjoyable as possible, knowing that I'd rather be going somewhere else too. That's okay. What can you do so when someone comes into your store, use you're selling the experience of getting a new piece of clothing when I love my 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 
I have three daughters. They love new clothes. They love the experience of going to either an Old Navy or a Nordstrom Rack and coming home with one piece or two pieces of clothing that they know is going to make them look good. It's going to be comfortable. And likewise, if people can come into our stores and prosthetic devices, even like that back brace that they're going to get from you is going to make their back feel better. So what you're going to do, and this comes into selling our story. I never tell someone this is going to fix their pain, but hopefully it makes their pain better. Hopefully it makes their pain more bearable. So don't just give them whatever widget it is. Have it nicely displayed. How can you make the checkout process faster? And in that process, you're making it more enjoyable for them. So they can leave with it being a pleasurable experience. And also, if it's more pleasurable, guess what they might do? They might impulse buy on something else. The number of people that have come into our store to get something small and said, hey, it's really nice in here. Hey, what's that so clean? And they walk out dropping three, four, five hundred dollars in your store. The last example I think of when it comes to durable medical equipment that I learned in Europe is wheelchairs as well as power power mobility. By the time we'd hit our fourth country, I looked over to my wife and I said, hey, how many group two wheelchairs have you seen? And my wife leads our rehab team on in our stores. She says, I haven't seen one. I said, exactly. We've gone through four countries, not one group two powered wheelchair. Now, we all know the reason why we have such cheap group two wheelchairs is CMS completely took the KO823 code and I think it's down to the mid 2000s now when it used to be four or $5,000. So what's happened is our vendors have decreased the quality of the powered mobility. This is not a rant on CMS episode, but what it does mean is in other countries, no one in their right mind uses a group two wheelchair. Now, I don't even know what their coding structures are, but you can look at a piece of equipment and say, hey, that's a group three or that that one has bigger wheels. It's made for the streets of Europe. So where am I going with this? When it comes time to sell either a wheelchair or a power wheelchair, we need to give our patients and customers the opportunity to buy nicer pieces of equipment. Now, if they if they are hell-bent on CMS and their secondary insurance and them having no out-of-pocket cope, you know, out of out-of-pocket costs, that yes, you're gonna get a run-of-the-mill group two wheelchair. And actually those chairs work great if you live in an adult family home, just going to and from the dining hall and maybe a little bit of out outside stuff on nicely paved streets. However, our city is rural. We have rocks. We have some really nice sidewalks and we have some no sidewalks. What we need to do is if we need to paint the picture when we sell items to our customers, you know what, this is what your insurance is gonna cover and even amongst wheelchair users, here are some options. Would you like to pay just a hair more for the opportunity to have a group three wheelchair instead of a group two wheelchair. It's gonna give you bigger motors. It's gonna climb around better out, out outside. Now granted, you're gonna to have to sell that non-assignment, but all the better, you get a little bit more money up front. And a lot of our customers, they have the extra money to do so. I'll give the story of how, hey, in Europe, these chairs will allow, if there's a bigger curb cutout that's a little higher, some of them climb 
curbs up to two inches tall. You do that with a little run-of-the-mill group two chair, it's not going to happen. You better hope your grandson's there to kind of help pull you along the way. Do you want to worry about a seven-mile battery-powered life or seven-mile battery life on your power wheelchair when this higher-end chair, you can go 15, 18 miles? Do you want that freedom that, that comes with? And especially what I found is figure out what picture you're going to paint in your city. So go around and walk in your city. Find out what, what things seniors love to do and incorporate that into your stories. You want to place them in your equipment in that story. So for example, we have a greenway in our city. When we talk about walkers and power wheelchairs, we try to paint the picture of them in that mobility equipment on the greenway on a nice sunny day. It's flat. They're watching the birds and they forget that they're 92 years old. They go back to when they were 18 and had no pain. Like with anything, whether you're buying a new car or selling a walker or a wheelchair, you wanna paint the picture and put the customer there. And one of the things is, so even as I'm going to Europe, I'm looking at all of their medical supplies and equipment, and I'm thinking, what translates? What translates cultures from Italian to Spanish to French? And it's the story of putting someone in that equipment and giving them freedom so that they can go out and enjoy what really is enjoyable to them. So one more, one more thing on selling inside your store. And if, if you're like me, you, you go. You, I've been going into my store for 15 years now. It all looks the same. I don't even notice things. But one of the things that is very, very helpful, find someone who's never gone into your store. Pay them $25. Pay them $50. Say, will you please come into my store and write down all of your impressions. Give me all the good impressions, all the bad impressions. What do you like? What do you don't like? They'll tell you, especially if you give them money. And I'm not saying you need to do a massive remodel. If I had an extra million dollars, I would drastically remodel our store. I can't do that right now. Maybe in a few years, I'll be able to do that. But there are some very simple things that we can do, even to move things around in our store, try to get a fresh perspective. Two years ago, one of the things that we did was I, as well as my customer service and my vice president, we uh, I grabbed a few beers and I said, hey, uh, meet me at the store at 10 p.m. on... Tuesday night. They're like 10 p.m. Why 10 p.m.? I said, just trust me. So we went in and so we walked into our store after hours, turned the alarm system off, turned the lights on at 10 p.m. We sat down on a bunch of lift chairs, opened up a beer or two. We started talking. And I said, okay, great. Tell me what you think of the store. Let's walk around. And the reason why we showed up at our store at 10 p.m. is you want to see certain things in different contexts. So when we're selling and putting customers into our store, we want to see the different contexts that they're there. What, when you're drinking a beer, are the lift chairs comfortable? What do they feel like? Because that's kind of what some of our customers are. That's what some of our customers are going to be doing in their lift chairs. They watch Wheel of Fortune, whether they sip their Coors Light or the chamomile tea. You want to put your customer in their perspective. Can you see them or can they see themselves in that piece of equipment? And we all too often get into our routines, walk through your medical supply, walk through your store and write down what you like, what you don't like. Write what, what you would change if you had a million dollars. Write what you'd change if you only had a thousand dollar budget. Write down what you would change if you had no budget in one hour. 
What one thing would you get done in one hour's worth of work? With poker, you got to play the hand that you're dealt. If you get four aces and a king, you win. Usually. But sometimes you need to bluff your way through it. Figure out what you can do with your store. Sometimes it's like, I have no money to remodel. That's just fine. At least take existing what's in your store and move things around so people think things are new. Take them, Move your lift chairs from one side of the store to the other. Move your scooters. And you're, instead of having three scooters on the floor, put 10 scooters on the floor for a week. You got to mix things up. And the reason why is when you move things around, people notice it. it. It kind of irritates them actually, but in a good way. Move things around so then they think about that item. They notice that nicer European walker. They notice that higher end lift chair. They notice the nicer braces that they might have the opportunity to buy. And you want your customer to put them in your product. If your customer can see themselves in your piece of home health care equipment in a positive light where they see themselves at a high school basketball game, they see themselves going to the casino, they see themselves going to the bingo hall, they see themselves hanging out with family, they, there is a much higher chance they're going to walk out from your store with your piece of equipment. And not only is that going to help your profit margin, they're going to be happy. They will be happy and they will love it and they will talk fondly of you. So if you don't have the opportunity to go to Europe and look at other medical supply stores, next time you're outside of your city, go to another medical supply store. Go to another home health care store. See what they do well. See what they don't do well. Copy the good things. If you see bad things, get them out of your store as fast as possible if you can do it. And you know what? Watch your sales go up. So I want to thank you again for listening to another episode of DME Coach. I'm very excited next week to share an interview that I had with Miriam Lieber from Lieber Consulting. She, Miriam has consulted with our business consistently for the last two years and has really taken us from point C to point D in how we've grown our leadership within our company. And she has some amazing insights on leadership and ways that you can build your staff. So looking forward to talking with you next week. And until then, take really good care of your customers and even better care of your team members. Eric Michelson with DME Coach.